Welcome back, everybody, to the 15th episode of Once Around the World with Karina and Mackenzie. Hey, everyone. Super excited to be back. <laughs> yeah, we have a really special episode for you guys with Ariel Astoria, the most enchanting name of all. I can't imagine anything nicer. Yeah. <laughs> and to go with that is the beautiful soul that is Ariel herself. So in case you guys don't know who she is, she is a spoken word artist, a writer, and a speaker from Los Angeles. And her words, as she puts it, are not for the ears, but for the soul. Yeah. Which goes so well, I think, right, Karina? (laughs) I'm already, I'm like super inspired. Like, since I've been following her on Instagram, I I don't know, it's just, it's just really magical. And uh, her words just like, I don't know, they just go really deep, but also are very lightweight, like lighthearted. I don't know, I just really like it. Yeah, I I so agree. Like I um so have connected with her a few times on Twitter. Um Instagram is definitely if you want to check out her her words which are like Karina said so beautiful. Um they're all over Instagram and um I believe she uses Instagram more for her sort of portfolio and then yeah. Twitter Twitter sort of more where she just hangs out. So that's how I've gotten a hold of her. But um oh, okay. Yeah, so I think it'll be I mean, as we said last week, um, she's like a professional glitter spiller, so... This is just the most beautiful description. Like, can I please also be a professional glitter spiller? Like, actually, I was yesterday. Because <laughs> I, I wore this... Okay, this is so funny. I wore this short, uh, shirt from, um, like, a... Yeah, like a blouse kind of shirt, but from, like, this, uh, like, softer material. And it, ha- it was, like, full glitter. Oh my god! And basically, it lost all. Not well, it didn't lose all its glitter, but it lost a lot of glitter just everywhere. So now all my floors, uh, like the everything, is like full of glitter. Oh my um, gosh. And yeah, so I was kind of like a glitter spiller, but not in her sense, obviously. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, that's amazing, and I think you definitely are in your own way, just like with the magic that you spread as well, like. Uh, yeah you're too cute (laughs) um I think we all are to be honest but yeah I cannot wait to like uh hear all about like her story and everything and yeah I'm super excited (laughs) yeah so we will jump into the conversation now with Ariel yes okay let's jump in welcome to the show Ariel thank you so much for joining us yeah thank you for having me yeah, thank you so much for being here. I'm very excited. This is so great. This is my favorite. I love podcasts. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you are our first guest ever. Oh my gosh, what an honor. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah. we were just like looking over your work and honestly, like just from the way that you describe your work, like your work itself is mm. so beautiful, but then you just go to the way you describe it and it's like... Like we were just saying, she's a professional glitter spiller. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, would you like to tell us a little bit about how you became this really cool, multifaceted Ariel Astoria? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it was definitely not my goal to become... I think I can kind of not separate her entirely, but I don't think it was necessarily my goal to become Ariel Astoria necessarily. Um 
it was like this very interesting process where um, I, I've like always loved um, performance. I've always loved words. I've always loved theater and acting. Um, I've always loved spaces of being on stages. And um, growing up as a kid, I actually had like a whole alter ego and everything. Um, her name was like Erica Wallace and she wore plastic shoes and she had a plastic microphone that like made this echoey sound and she found herself like on any elevated platform in our house and she would make up songs and so it's funny now because when I when I post things about speaking and and traveling and things my my aunt and my family they they say like Eric Wallace you know like she kind of always existed with inside of her um but I went to an arts high school Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like what set me up to go on this trajectory a little bit. Um, in in middle school, we performed a, a high school, like a, a middle school, like history play. So for our history class, we performed a play. And I didn't know at the time, but after we performed it, um, my teacher had told my mom, like, you need to put her in an art school. Like she has something and, and I don't know where it where it comes from but like you have to foster that um and so that turned into going to arts high school where your days are split between education from 8 to 12 and then you have a lunch break and then you're in your emphasis so theater visual arts um writing graphic design um anything from set design to costume design you're in that until 4 p.m every day so i was going to school like a college student in high school um and doing it for my art form and then I got to college, and it was like, do the practical thing. <laughs> so I was going to pursue a BA in psychology. And then I kind of kept theater on the side, but um, eventually let go of it because I was like, I don't want to be on stage. Um, I don't need to be on stage. That's not a career path, and um, that's not a realistic thing. And so I, I, I dropped my theater, and shortly after that, spoken word came into the picture. And I've always written. Um, I've always processed best through words and so I kind of say that like all these poems and journal pages that I kind of had to myself kind of got breathed out to the world um and these moments that were private and and moments where I was learned about myself and about holiness and sacredness kind of got turned into something that was my gift to the world and so that transcended into Instagram and um, just really love taking photos and really love having a space of conversation that was a little bit different than most social media. And so everything kind of just like threw itself together and turned itself into one snowball and kept on rolling. <laughs> it's kind of how it is, kind of how it turned out. Yeah. That's so beautiful. So basically from uh, from school, you just went straight into like uh, doing your art um, and like going through social media with it or? Yeah, so I basically, when I initially like Instagram and poetry and all of that was super separate. Um, I, in college, I was on a competitive poetry team and, and I ran the poetry club on campus and, and things like that. And even for a really long time, I didn't post a lot of poetry related stuff on my Instagram. Um, until like, not recently, but until pretty recently did I start advertising that to where people are like, wait, you're a poet. Um, and so, um, but 
And when I graduated, it was this really crazy feeling where all these plans, like I had every intention of going to grad school, of working at a university, and like that was going to be my thing for at least three to four years. Um, and every time I tried to apply for these things, something stopped me. Like it didn't feel right. Um, I felt like I was running from something, but I didn't quite know what it was. And I had done poetry at my university. I had spoken at, at a little bit of events here and there, but I never thought of it as being something that I was supposed to actually do <laughs> um, until I graduated. And I was like, okay, all right, what if I just take this next year and I be a creative? <laughs> and it was such a naive and just kind of like, let's just try this. And and what it meant was like, let me just try to like, let go of my, my need for control and like, let something bigger than me move on behalf of me. Um, and and so yeah, I kind of just like went into it thinking like do 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 do. I had no idea what that looked like. I I just knew I didn't want to move home. I'm from Northern California, and I was like, I'm not moving home. I'm gonna figure out how to live here in LA. Um, and that turned into six jobs and working for underneath a poet for a short amount of season. That taught me a lot about who I didn't want to be. Um, and then all these like financial things come up post-grad and you're like, huh, I want to be a creative, but I also have to be an adult <laughs> and I also have to figure out how to live out here. And so my, my, my slew of jobs, um, started from there. And that's why I say I'm a creative because some days I can be teaching. Some days I can be running social media. Some days I can be going in to do a voiceover or an audition or go and record for poetry or go to an event or host a workshop. Like I don't, every day looks so different and um, because I kind of have to create this web underneath me in order to sustain myself as, as an artist and um, as a creative, but each year um, it kind of grows and grows. But yeah, I, I literally kind of graduated and walked off stage and I said, all right, well, here goes nothing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, okay. So before, I mean, Going back to your whole alter ego thing, yeah. I mean, usually with like alter egos, you know, it's a way of uh, it's sort of like when you write. I don't know if you've written fiction, Ariel. You've written poetry. I have. I have a little bit in a sense of I've written like plays and monologues and and things like that that mm -hmm. were not necessarily based off of um, real people or real stories. Yeah. So I've created characters and and their lives and and their heartbreak and all of that. So that's as like a kind of nonfiction as I go. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So I was gonna say like with all that stuff that sort of seemingly comes out of nowhere, like your 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 other side it's usually like a piece of you that's coming out into the world yeah so what um when you kind of i guess you're probably not still walking around as erica wallace at this point uh, no right now we are fully in ariel estrella that, <laughs> that, is, that is who it has become kind of i always me it's my that's my name i have two middle names so i just kind of dropped off one middle name and my last name and, and kept my first middle name as like my branding name. Oh, so it's still very much so an extension of me, but it, it is also interesting because it, it feels like another part of me that I, I kind of turn on and off sometimes, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, because like sometimes when you drop that, um, that other persona, like there's a level of fear that comes out if you're being even more 
yourself or you're just letting go totally <laughs> totally yeah and it's funny because people think that like Ariel Estrella is like this name I created you know for <laughs> the sake of like branding and I'm like yeah but also like my last name's not aesthetic so I just kind of had to drop it sorry dad um but like it, <laughs> it, it, it is my name and it is a part of me but it's funny how it became just like, oh, that's going to be my Instagram name. And then it turned into this brand. And then it turned into this, my mentor says, like, you are the brand, you are the product, and you are the business. Um, and that's a very interesting mindset to try and walk into when you're also a person. Um, and and knowing that what I offer, what I do for the world and what my gifting is, yes, it's something that is an extension of me, but it's very much so a part of who I am. Like, I don't know how to not think in poetry. I don't know how to not think in, in, in prose and simile and word form like that. And so it's this part of you where you're like, I have to balance it because it is exhausting to always tap into that performance, that space all the time. Um, but it is, she is very much so a part of me. And I think a part of me that for a really long time I was afraid of and didn't think could exist and exist fully um so really coming to terms with like embracing her has been a really fun and, and beautiful process yeah um that's i think that was something that we were interested in asking you about like it, do you have um sort of like a coming out story with yourself because i i don't know i sort maybe not that dramatic but i've sort of been there and i wonder like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes yeah, um, that's so funny because now that I'm, I think this is the first time I've kind of articulated this as like a, a her and a me. Um, and the more I'm in it, the more I realize that it is a her and a me. And I and I want it, I want it to kind of stay that way because I do want to find the balance of like there's a stage version of you, there's a brand version of you, but that version of you doesn't always need to be turned on all the time. You know, mm -hmm. um, like you're allowed to be human and not performance based and introverted and, mm -hmm. and, and weird. And so allowing myself the grace of both of those places. But I think for me, uh, when, she, when, and when those, I guess, quote unquote, coming out moments really started happening was, um, just like, as I, as I started to get more involved in, in conferences, um, and, in these worlds where it's like, uh, to, I mean, for the past three years now, I've had the honor of, uh, helping out with a conference with Bethany Hamilton and the surfer mm -hmm. who, who lost her arm. And every time I have to like remind myself, like, don't fangirl over her like you've met this girl about three times now like you have stayed at her parents house oh. but it's still <laughs> just like a baffling it's still so baffling to me and so it's in those moments where these really big beautiful things kept happening for Ariel Astoria and then like Ariel Wilburn had to like come to terms with like these are happening to you too <laughs> you know like, these are these are these are things for both of you and so it really wasn't until those moments where you're like, dude, she's getting booked from some really cool things. <laughs> but it was like this thing where I was like, sitting, I felt like I was sitting on the sidelines and just kind of watching it happen. Um, and I kind of love and, and, and hate that those moments, but because I think it keeps me humble and it keeps me balanced. Um, and I want those things. I want to stay humble and I want to stay balanced. But it also is a, that moment where you're like, okay, she's really doing something <laughs> like, 
you should probably keep keep up with her. Um, and so, but I think for me, it was probably for everyone else who kind of has watched me and and grown with me. They would say it was in college. Like everyone knew I wasn't supposed to like pursue the route I was pursuing, but no one was telling me why. They were just saying, no, don't apply to that. Don't apply to that. And I had one mentor, she was like, if you keep applying to jobs at this university, I'm going to go into every office and withdraw your application. She was like, you're not supposed to stay here. But no one told me what it is I was supposed to do, you know, or where I was supposed to go. And so it was this really beautiful moment where I've had a lot of people speak really, really impactful life into me and so it's not surprising that where I'm at is where I'm at but also it it kind of is <laughs> at the same time it's so beautiful how uh the people around you wanted to guide you like yeah. in a way yeah yeah absolutely I mean and they did I say they are my lighthouses like they are my rocket ships like they are my the community that i'm around and the people who love me and see me and know me and grow me they are literally the reason that i can still do what i do because if not it's like it's really lonely sometimes it's it's really hard sometimes i'm it's i am i can be a very doubtful person when it comes yeah. to myself and when it comes to what i think i'm capable of and what i think i'm not capable of so if i don't have those surrounding echoing positive voices then i i think i would most definitely be in a very different place most definitely yeah, I think we need those too, yeah. Yeah. So did you yeah. have to go about, I mean, I feel like I'm in this process of really intentionally sort of like having this community around me. Did mm -hmm. you Did you have to, I mean, yes, family is great, but mm -hmm. sometimes you need to build like the friends around you that yeah. inspire. <laughs> yeah, I got really, really lucky with that. I, I in a very intentional and strategic and specific way people came into my life as friends mm -hmm. and they were people that I didn't know I would need in this season of life so um I mean I had friends from college who, who I still talk to um who have been at their weddings who I've seen their children be born <laughs> like mm -hmm. I still have those that kind of community and mm -hmm. my mom my mom told me that when, when I moved, because uh, I'm the oldest, so I was the first to leave home for college, the first to kind of do all that. And so when I moved home for, when I moved uh, away for college, she she specifically prayed and, and hoped that I would have a family um, here. And so outside of them, outside of my blood family, um, that I would have a family um, where I was going and where where she knew would be home for me. And I did. I got a family in a lot of different ways. The people that I do poetry with, I'm still doing poetry with, that I started doing poetry with my sophomore year of college. And those are my family, like every birthday party, um, every show, like every everything, like they are there. Um, and they have been so, 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 so um, important over these past, oh God, I graduated, what, like three years, it's like six, eight years. Um, and and then on top of that, uh, my senior year, I got really close with this girl and she is actually the person who we kind of walked into this journey of like, we're not just a student, we're not just an intern, we're not just um, these roles that we've told ourselves that we were like she was going to school to be a teacher and I was going to school to be a psychologist and at the end of the day I was like I'm a poet and she was like I think I'm a photographer and so we kind of had yeah. that moment 
moment together. Yeah. And and now she like she's still my one of my best friends, and she is the person who pretty much takes all my photos. Um, yeah. She is an, a photographer full time, and her husband is the person who does music for me. And we dream and create. Like so, my album is produced and musically created by her husband, my my best friend's husband. So the the wow. people who were she put in my life were put in my life at very specific times, and they were put in my life not just for who they are and how they love me, but also for our giftings to unite um and to create this this space of like i go to shows and it's not these people who are like up there and like crazy famous but they are and they're my friends <laughs> like they're my very talented friends who are doing what they were put on this earth to do and so that is the community i'm surrounded um i'm surrounded by a bunch of crazy dreamers who believe that we are capable of doing big things um and it's really really empowering and really beautiful and i wouldn't want to be surrounded by anyone else it's so beautiful how it shows that you're on the right path in a way because it just falls into place uh this magically i don't know yeah more beautiful yeah yeah absolutely Yeah, I, I, f I feel like I've heard you say this before, and I just, like, so agreed with it. Like, um, I've heard you say, the, like, the, the world is in a deficit if you're yeah. not putting your, your gifts out there. And I think, you know, I, I've experienced a lot of creatives who are very um, scared, in a way, to promote themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that if you shift into that mindset, like what you have said and what you promote, it can almost, like, flip a switch in you. And yeah. Not to be, you know, pushing yourself anywhere, but just totally. to be open to be sharing. Like you started to share your poems on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I mean, it's scary. <laughs> like, it's scary to put yourself out there. You know, it's, yeah. it's scary to put our art. If we are artists, if we are creatives, then these are things that we keep so, so close and dear to us because they are they're an extension of ourselves. And when we put out an extension of ourselves for for strangers to encounter, for people to receive, and we don't we can't control how they think about it. We can't control what they do with it. Our only job is to put it out there, um, and I and I tell this to people all the time in terms of students and teaching and stuff. And I'm like, your healing is putting the the words on paper. Your healing comes from having that encounter artistically, and then you get to have that healing and you get to pull that out there so that other people can also receive that healing um, from something that you've already healed from and from something you've already processed through. And so I kind of realized that I was doing an injustice um, to myself and to my own calling by not fully tapping into that part of myself. Um, and it took a really long time. Like I, it wasn't until that middle school, high school, where I even realized who I was and who my voice was. I was really insecure growing up. And, and one of the things that, that kept me insecure was my inability to express myself and my inability to share my feelings, <laughs> and my in, which is why I wrote. Um, And, and so that transcended into the space of like, okay, now you've learned this process of, of embracing and knowing yourself fully. And now these words will be a blueprint for other women and other men to embrace and know themselves fully. And, and I think they are correlated. Like there are people out there who need to hear certain people, um, in order for their healing to be, um, to begin. Uh, and I, and I don't take that lightly. So. 
Oh my gosh, I'm like, I feel like I'm meditating on your words. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, like, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Was the period of time for you when it was, um, let's say, darker, was that when you hadn't tapped into your own artistic, like, outlets at that point? Um, honestly, no. I think... I think the the hardest times I can think of have been in the midst of being in this in this world and being on stages and 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 performing and and sharing poetry. But there there's this small gap um, in the summertime where it is just very slow creatively right. in terms of like not being hired for gigs, um, no traveling. I pretty much just teach and then I work at my yoga studio and I probably nanny because financially everything is a lot slower and those are always the seasons where I'm like, who am I? What am I doing? This is not lucrative. You should move home. It's the season where I apply to 40 to 50 full-time jobs mm -hmm. and none of them come back and, and that cycle happens honestly every single summer and I doubt myself a whole lot. Um, I doubt the season I've come from, and I doubt the season I will be going into. And so this summer was probably uh, the first time where it was hard, and it was financially really hard, and it was mentally really hard, but I knew what season I was looking forward to. And so it was this very weird paradigm where I needed to prepare myself because I knew it would get full again. Um, it would get beautiful again, but I had to like tend to the slowness first. Mm -hmm. And um, and I had to be in that and prepare for that slowness to turn into it's going to be nuts for the next three months. Um, but every summer, I think I honestly, I have those points and, and the comparison happens entirely. I mean, every, almost every day to where it's like, Oh, well, look at that artist. They're getting this tour or, or look at that girl. She's getting this brand gig because I'm in so many different realms. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of places to compare myself <laughs> to, um, which makes it even harder. Cause I'm like, I don't even want a model. Why do I care that she's in a fashion show? Like I, I don't and so it's a very interesting space to be in um to where things can be really beautiful and my instagram will tell you that that life is really beautiful and it is but oftentimes like right now i'm in bed and i'm drinking keurig coffee and i'm recording a podcast and it's so beautiful and so slow and so sweet like not every day looks really big um and looks really great and and there are some days that are really hard and and i luckily have my friends in those seasons to be like no you're not moving home no you're not getting a full-time job you don't want a full-time job you don't even do your part-time job well <laughs> like and so it's like good reminders to be like what i what i am made for and even when i do apply for a bunch of jobs the only jobs that come back is teaching artists or a theater improv teacher, or these little things that are reminders of like, stay where you're at, yeah. stay where you're at. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, so is there anything specifically that you you do, any like routines when you like feel yourself really like in that like dark headspace, like self-doubty, is there anything that you turn to? Um, I do a lot of like, I'm very introspective by, nature um i'm a very a very much so internal and verbal processor and so i use that season to kind of surround myself with people who i know will lift me up 
Yeah. Um, I, I purposely go to shows to be inspired again. Um, I also use that season to rest because I'm, I am not good at that. Um, mm-hmm. when I'm not good at it when it is busy. And so I'm like, okay, you know that in, a, in the next two months, you're going to be on a plane three or four times out of the month. So like, take this time to sit, to read. Um, I love going to the beach and just kind of like being there um, and like letting this idea of slow and still kind of wash over me. So I, I, I don't have necessarily, this is what I do in every season, but I do find places to kind of like allow yourself to, to slip into this rest. Um, allow yourself to have this moment of rest because it will be gone in a second and you'll want it back. And so reminding myself to slip into that. So reading, um, writing, um, usually that's when my Instagram is like a little bit slower um, and it's a lot more poems because I'm in a space of being able to spill those things. And, and so, yeah, it looks very different, but usually it just means like you need to rest right now and you're allowed to rest right now. So this 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 like rest for example are creating perhaps out of necessity because you think like you need to create now because of like for example like monetary energy coming yeah. in for yeah. um yeah. And how do yeah, you like it's find this magic again to like create not out of necessity <laughs> basically? Yeah. Well it's fun because right now I'm in the process of like, there are some events where they give me themes and they give me the topics to write about. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to write this. And it's like, when I know that it's a little harder when I can't spill it, um, I usually don't say that I write, I say that I spill. Um, and so if I, if it's not something that just like oozes out of me instantly, then I'm like, dang it, I don't feel fully intact and fully connected to this content. And so there are a lot of, pro- there are some, not a lot, but there are quite there are quite a few projects where it's like, I really need to make this money. <laughs> and I really like this company and what they stand for. So I'm gonna write this poem. Um, and so finding, finding that space, but then there are some moments where I'm like, I do not wanna write right now because I have associated that with being work. You know, mm-hmm. and so I, I do have to have moments where I just write just to write. Um, and I do that with my students. Luckily, I can. So when I give them prompts and when I give them exercises, I try to write with them um, mm-hmm. so that I can exercise just like just writing to write. And it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to go on Instagram. It doesn't have to look good. I'm just writing to show them that, like, I'm going to do this with you. Um, but I definitely do have to find spaces where it's like, man, I'm not inspired to just spill just to spill and and so really having to find moments where I can do that yeah 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 so when you're like when you're finding companies to work with like just to talk about like the whole behind the scenes I guess work that's involved in in getting your work out there do you do you mostly like is there a way that you've found that works for you in terms of pitching companies or finding people just or maybe brands that you just like relate to on a soul level or how yeah. do you go about that well honestly in terms of poetry i have not had to pitch myself <laughs> to anyone um i yeah i really i haven't which has been really really neat a lot of it has been just like i'll be at one event and someone sees me at that event and then they 
have another event and then they this person for this project saw me here and so i haven't had to like pitch myself for any of the really 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 beautiful opportunities i've i've been able to have in terms of poetry so i in that sense i think that it's aligned on purpose um and so it's really easy to work with companies like that i am getting into the habit where i am starting to pitch myself to places and to people and that is a weird thing because i already barely tell people that i do poetry (laughs) and so it's like a weird thing to be like oh yeah like well i write like poetry if that is something that you would want and so getting to the point at getting exercising that muscle is really interesting that muscle of advocating for yourself and i am trying to get into more spaces like that because i love 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 the conference world and there are conferences i know i would want to be a part of one day so just like slipping in a, a dm or an email and just being like hey i don't know what your roster is for next year but if you have a space for a poet but it, or if you need an mc for your event like please let me know i would I would love to be a part of it. So, yeah, definitely including including those conversations has been really interesting. But for the most part, I've had the honor of just, like, kind of being found, which is really cool. Um, and now I'm having to do a little bit more of the legwork of, uh, of advocating for myself. Yeah, it can be a, a shift in a mindset, really, totally. when you have to do that. But yeah. But, I mean, it's great that it's working both ways. Like, it's coming to you. It's a push and pull right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, and you you recently did the, is it the TEDx that I saw that you recently hosted? Yeah, I did. So, I actually, I applied to speak at uh, TEDx Pasadena uh, last year, and I didn't get it. And so, I was like, okay, cool, but I'm still, I still want to be a part of this, so I just volunteered um, and ended up volunteering and doing VIP check-in and helping with social media and just, like, dabbling into way too many things that a volunteer should have dabbled into, <laughs> um, but that made me stand out, and, and they reached back out to me, and they were like, you are a volunteer who we've, like, kind of, like, remember and want to know how you want to be involved, and so I was like, cool, I want to help with social media, and I want to host the conference, and so I got to, like, ask what I wanted to do, and I didn't expect for that to go well. I didn't didn't expect for them to actually be like, yeah, okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you got to like be like, oh, yeah, I asked for it and I got it. You know, but that's like such a weird, a weird concept sometimes. And so I helped with their storytelling and just kind of like how to post throughout the year. And then I got to work with the uh, creator and and the organizer here in Pasadena and host it. And it was so fun i love emceeing i love hosting because for me that feels like less pressure than going on stage and doing a poem like i don't have to go in performance mode i can just be up there and talk and interact and laugh and make jokes about target and sometimes i don't wear shoes and so it's like so like so so fun i love hosting and so i got yeah i got to host and every speaker was amazing and it wasn't this moment of like oh dang why couldn't I have spoken? Like, I loved being in the place that I was at. And I loved hearing the talks that were there and meeting the people who did speak and being backstage with all of them. And it was a dream. It was an absolute dream. Um, And so, yeah, but that started with, like, requesting to speak and applying to speak and not getting it. And I was like, cool, well, I'm not going anywhere, so use me somehow. (laughs) Let's figure this out. 
Yeah, I love that because, I mean, that just goes to show, like, perseverance, right? And not, if you know, not getting too bogged down if you're not accepted right away because it's the first time that you ever reached out to them. And Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And being so bold as to be like, yeah, I want to help with social media because you, I think you need it. And also, <laughs> yeah. like, I want to host because, like, that was, like, one thing that I would have I would I could have changed, you know, or would have changed. And so like, yeah, it was very, it was, it was very bold of me, which is a new boldness <laughs> that I'm learning is it, coming into form, but I really like it at the same time. It shocks me every time. And I'm like, Oh my God, did you just ask that? Um, <laughs> did you just say that? And then I'm like, go girl. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, so it's, it's a fun, it's a fun place to be in. Yeah. yeah, it's so beautiful how you managed to, like, encourage yourself and, like, advocate for yourself. I don't know. It's, yeah. 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 It's fun. It's super fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean... I don't know. There's just like, to me, like every time I see you and this must be like just part of you sharing the way that you share, which is so authentically, like when you shared that like little win of the, I mean, not little, but speaking or emceeing um, with TEDx, like as somebody within your community, like you, like, I feel like you're giving us the gift of just being a part of your journey as well. Mm. because yeah it just it made me so happy I'm like oh my gosh look at her go like, yeah. <laughs> I love I I love that part too which is so funny because it's like obviously I post these things and and but I don't think that people are actually like I feel like they're seeing but I don't think I notice that people are actually watching and taking note um and it's cool to like meet people and you're introducing yourself to them and it's like oh I already know who you are and like and your graduation cap and then oh my gosh when when you went and you met Bethany for the first time and like all these like pivotal moments in my life that they're like aware of and I'm like oh yeah I mean, I posted that. So, so like, <laughs> yeah. of course you saw it, but this process where it's like, I mean, a lot of these people are growing with me. Um, and, and I've had a few messages from girls from college who were like, you came and spoke on my hall and I, and I've been following you ever since. And like, it is, it's my favorite part, um, because I am growing with you and 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 you are watching me in this process and I don't feel like it's like this separate thing like I very much so I think about people on my on my Instagram I think about the people that I've met often um it you guys are the fuel um for why I do what I do and oh wow I didn't expect to start crying um mm-hmm. and and the and like strangers who like don't know me um but are so willing to like support um and show up for me it's really baffling (laughs) um it's really really baffling but it's also really beautiful and it's my favorite part of what I get to do um to have people who are like so supportive and so willing to show up for someone who they know on Instagram who they hope is just as nice as she smiles you know um and that's really cool. It's really cool. But it's but it's so like so incredible how when you put out the magic and like put your true self out there, like how the magic spills right back at you is yeah 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 yeah. That's so true. I didn't even 
I didn't even think of that. You know, you do things and you just like, you just hope that it touches someone. Like you just hope that it affects someone in a positive way. Like you just hope that it releases freedom and joy um, for someone. You don't know who, (laughs) you don't know why, you don't know how many, you're just like, just one. And then when it turns into more than one, you're like, yo, I just asked for one, (laughs) you know, like this is above and beyond. And, and at the same time, it's like, I just post words like today, I think I needed to hear this. So I'm going to post it and maybe somebody else needed to hear it. Maybe they don't, but I needed to hear it. That's usually my train of thought. Like it's not a lot of times it's not this extensive thing or it's like, I'll feel something and I'm like, Oh gosh, like someone somewhere needs these words and I hope that they're on my feed or I hope that they're on the feed of someone who shares it you know but they're somewhere and I I don't know these things but I I I honestly feel them um and I post things specifically because I'm like this is for someone I don't know who they are I don't know where they are but this is for someone yeah sometimes for me I know I forget that I that it that it's going out there and it's or someone and then when it comes back at me and like very surprisingly someone is sending me a message like oh my god this touched me and I'm like oh that's this is actually why I'm doing it because sometimes just lose the focus slightly when so many things at once that you're doing but then it's so magical again like to totally dive into it again and see where that there's actually something like returning yeah yeah yeah, and then it's like all, all. So sometimes we just have to put it out there because it's our job to put it out there, and whether or not people respond well to it or to it at all, that that is not our job. You know, our job was to create it and and to put it out there. Everything else is extra. Like everything else is additional additive. It, it's another. Ch- it's a cherry on top. You know, like but it's not necessarily it shouldn't be our goal right like our goal is like to create the space for that work to show up for those words to show up and everything else is kind of like all right that was really awesome that that touched you like that was not my intention but I'm so glad that it did you know yeah yeah for me sometimes it's like I can't even keep it in, inside. Like, no, it's it's actually always like this. It, I just mm-hmm. cannot, just I can't keep it. It has to go out somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it's it's this spilling. Like most yeah. times, I can't. There are most of my poems. It wasn't like I sat and I had my tea and I played my music and I created a whole vibe. It's like I'm in yoga class and downward dog, and all of a sudden these words start coming to my head. And I'm like, no, 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 not now, not now. We have 45 minutes left in this class. Like, and then I have to leave class and sit in my car outside in the parking lot for an hour because this poem needs to be written. And so it's yeah. like it's this. Problem process where you're like your job is to give space to this work your job is to be the outlet in which it can pour and that is all we were put here to do um, yeah. and everything else like I said is is secondary and I think Elizabeth Gilbert in her book Big Magic talks about oh, that uh-huh, yeah. where she was like you're the idea will come to you and if you don't do something with it it will go to someone else yeah. and I was like I, I'm an Enneagram 4 which is like me too <laughs> <laughs> so like we strive to be different so I'm like oh oh heck no that idea is not going 
going to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> so even if I'm like sit, it's like sitting, you know, on a date or whatever, I'm like, excuse me, sorry, I really gotta write this down. Or if I'm driving, then I usually record it because it's like I gotta put this, I gotta put this somewhere because I need to know that this is this is mine to give the world. You know, this is yes. this is my job to to extend and and I and I. I, yeah, I really, I really think heavily about that often. Talking about like tea and yoga and everything, would yeah. you mind sharing some like day to day, day to day or rituals with us? Maybe oh, you man. do things like on a daily basis. I don't know. Well, the only thing I really do every day is wake up. <laughs> Everything after that uh, fluctuates and changes. I mean. I have slow mornings like like this where I can just like wake up, go make my coffee, um, get back in bed, and and those days are really rare. A lot of times it's like up, go get coffee that I ordered on my app, pick it up, eat it on my way to go teach, teach, leave that teaching, eat my vegetables and my snacks that I packed in my car to go to my next teaching, leave that, maybe come home, maybe take a nap, maybe get back up, shower, change all over again, go to an event, stay there, meet people, go back to sleep. The next day, wake up, have an audition, go teach. Like, it really is just like there is no ritual. I do try and work out. <clears throat> at least two to three times a week because otherwise I just feel like I am eating things and, and they're not going anywhere except to my hips. And so um, I usually will walk the Rose Bowl, which is like a three-mile loop near my house. Um, I'll walk that. I, I also go to yoga, um, and I haven't done that in a while because the idea of being in a room for an hour has made the frantic in me a little panic. And so I haven't done yoga in a while, but I still, I go on walks a whole lot. Um, and I'll go to a gym, another gym out here in Pasadena. That's like a really quick workout. So it's like in and out, get it done. You'll be sore later. And then I can continue the rest of my day. Um, so yeah, there is no, sadly, there is no ritual. There is no rhythm. Um, every day looks very, very different. Um, And each week looks very, very different. But each week is kind of like, okay, what is the rhythm for this week? Like, what am I going to put in place for this week? So it kind of goes week to week. Like, all right, I feel like I need to work out at least three times this week or back to back or whatever. And each week I'll kind of like gauge that rhythm. Um, I'm getting into like holiday season, which is like half rest restful but then also half really gig related too mm -hmm. and so finding my little moments of like I'll go home next week for the first time in a, in a few months and and use those days to be home to relax but then also to prepare for the week after my event and and for Christmas next month and so finding a little rhythms it really depends week to week month to month and it depends a lot on if I'm traveling um if it what gigs I do have and if they're local and so There's a lot of determining factors to create a rhythm, and I want to do better uh, with that with that next year. Um, just finding, like, okay, most of my mornings start like this. Like, one of my favorite uh, author writers, uh, Hannah Brincher, mm. she wakes up every morning, and, and she has, like, her rhythm, her coffee and her writing. And I'm like, dang, girl, I admire that so <laughs> much, and I would like to incorporate a rhythm like that um, some at some point in time. Hopefully... Hopefully next year. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's such a good goal. And I'm just thinking maybe you want to let us know, is there anything else like on the works for next year or even at the end of this yeah. year that you want to share? Um, oh man, I'm in like, I have a lot of ideas in my head, all of, all of the ideas always, and mm -hmm. just kind of figuring out what to pick up and, and what to put down um, for next year. I do want to consistently create, so I will be releasing more things in terms of mm -hmm. recorded poetry um, and videos. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, the goal is to release that, maybe not like every month, but I have pieces that I know I want to release. So February will be two releases, a Valentine's release, um, and also a release for Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And um, so like little things like that, I just want to put more content out there um that people can access and 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 get into and then i'm um, figuring out do i go back to blogging do i turn those blogs into videos someone messaged mm -hmm. me yesterday and they're like i can't wait for your podcast and i was like well, i'm not i'm not doing everyone is doing a podcast i want to do a podcast but the foreign me really doesn't want to do a podcast yeah. so yeah so there will be new things for next year but um, I'm going to use uh, this month and next month in January to kind of dream what that looks like. So in my head, my year won't really start till February. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Okay. Oh, so as we wind down, do you want to share with us a poem? Yeah. Um, so this is a poem that I actually just finished for this company, this beautiful company called Flourish. And um, it's a Flourish market and it's run by these really incredible women. And so this poem is called Flourish. It has been said that the beauty of a woman is found in her softness found in the way that she is tender and meek, found in her body and the clothes that she wears, assumes that her worthiness comes from her yes to everyone and everything except herself, that her value is weighed in what she can do and not simply in who she is, that a woman must be all things to everyone else but not know what it means to come home to her own self. But dare we say, that the beauty of what makes a woman does not lie in the way she is shaped or how she is dressed or how tame her voice is. The beauty of a woman is the fire between her soul and her rib cage that no one sees. And in the stories that rest courageously on the tips of her lips, her unhindered, unapologetic belief that she was made for more than beauty, but for brilliance and wisdom and purpose made for laughter and all her woman joy embracing the fullness of who she is paying no mind to who it is they say she should be and choosing to flourish anyway that was so beautiful so, so beautiful. how about just before we sign off um where can everyone find you yeah. So all things at Ariel Astoria, that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then my website is Ariel Astoria. And then you can find me on iTunes and Spotify, which is poetry to music. And that is Ariel Astoria. The album is called Symphony of a Lioness. And then I have two books on Amazon. It's funny because one of them is my actual last name. So um, <laughs> if you search Ariel um, Astoria, you will find only one book. Uh, but if you search Ariel Wilburn, you will find another book and um and then if you go to my website all of my books and my albums are located there amazing 
Thank yeah. you so Thank much, you. Arielle. Thank you. It was such an honor to speak with you. Amazing. As you two were a joy. This was lovely. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> I still, like, I don't know. I feel the chills still all over my body. and. This was so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think that we could have asked for a better guest, a first guest. Um, no. She, I don't know, Ariel just like is like a walking poem. Like she, that's what she is to me. She's, it was such a gift. And hopefully you guys enjoyed her as well. And do check out her work. Yes. Um, also, we will leave all the links that she mentioned uh, or all the um, sources where you can find her uh, in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, I was thinking. And yeah, so that makes it easier to find her and uh, yeah, to check everything out that is so magical. Yeah. And um, yeah, and also don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Um, yeah, yeah uh, we would still love that so much. <laughs> yes, <laughs> forever love, forever love the support just in order to share this with more people. <laughs> yes. And do you want to plug the uh, the Facebook group as well? Yeah, so we're slowly getting more people. Um, so it's Once Around the World Community on Facebook. And yeah, we just want, maybe we'll just give a little shout out to Catherine who just joined us this week. Oh, yes. Um, and yeah, so it's, I don't know, it's really, it's nice over there. We're getting um, a little community growing of people who like to have these conversations. So I think. Yeah. And we're sharing like favorite books, like yeah. recommendations, our stories, some like quotes, like everything yeah. nice and everything that uh, just like moves us. And yeah, so we would love to have you there. Absolutely. And until yeah, I think until then, I guess we'll chat with you guys it. on the 16th episode next week. <laughs> yes. So have a beautiful week and.